Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Extra Point Taking Shield Kapati here, joined by Ben Solak. Week 10. Start the second half of the NFL season. We're, we're talking about what we're watching this weekend. We're making some picks. We're making some predictions, some long shots, some props, all of that. Solak's got his Eagles hoodie on. He's like, take advantage of the bye week. You know, you're 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 gonna be feeling good about your team uh, this weekend. They don't even have to play. I'm the uh, Eagles fan. You feel good about your team every weekend, man. I don't gotta worry about that. It's been a nice, nice year, nice couple of years. There's just the top hoodie on the pile. We were in hoodie season. We were in grab hoodies and go. And today, this was the top one. Just so happened to be Super Bowl championship Philadelphia Eagles hoodie. What can I say? You know, uh, uh, Eduardo Ocampo's doing a great job with the videos for the show. I feel like there might be a show where we need to get dressed up a little bit. You know, I'll shave, we'll put on a nice shirt or something, and we'll make the videos look good one week. You you look disgusted yeah. at the thought of that. I, right. I'm just, I think, I think if we do our usual gags while wearing nice clothes, it will look peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> These are hats and hoodie behavior. That's this is a hats and hoodie pod. That's that's home base. That's where we that's where we stand. That's probably true. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into what we're watching here uh, in week 10 in the NFL season. As always, we start with the headliner. Solak, what is your headliner for this week's slate? Uh, Ravens-Browns rematch I'm so excited for. I think I think this is the headlining game for me. There's a couple of good games, a couple of interesting games. Um, but if you remember, Ravens and Browns played in week four. And and in that game, the, the Browns defense was coming off of uh, performance against the Joe Burrow one-and-a-quarter calf Bengals coming against the early season, no Deontay Johnson Steelers and coming against the Ryan Tannehill Titans. Those are their first three games of the Browns defense. And they were on pace to put up historic, historic numbers. You after three weeks, you had a, a tweet show. We were like the three best single game defensive performances this year are all from the Cleveland Browns. Like they yeah. are legitimately pace setting right now defensively. And then they ran into Lamar Jackson and this uh, Ravens team. And what you saw in that game, which I thought was really important film 
for both teams was that the Browns run defense, which, okay, like Jim Schwartz, we're going to put a defensive lineman in one gap. We're going to put linebackers in every gap. We're going to have at least a box, a, a body in the box for every single gap. And we're going to play aggressive downhill ball. Well, they started to run into the problem of mobile quarterbacks, how they, they changed the math, right? And, and they, they force you to play option football and they have to play in space a little bit. And you have to worry about the threat of Lamar Jackson. And when you're playing with those, those one gap defensive linemen, you become really liable to double teams. And those, this Ravens offensive line since that game for the entire season has been so good at getting two guys on one guys, uprooting a defensive lineman and moving them upfield. So they just started to lose and on the interior to double teams and lose on the outside to Lamar Jackson. And I thought that was a huge sign for the Ravens offense, which as we know has really, really blossomed since the beginning of the season. Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator, comes in for Greg Roman. We're going to pass the football. We're going to run with three receivers. And there was a belief, a worry, that maybe this would affect the Ravens' running game. It would limit the versatility of what they could do. It could take away some of the option stuff just by virtue of not having those extra tight ends, those unique formations. Against this Browns team in particular, they did such a good job using preset motion and using players in creative ways to still get to this highly versatile rushing attack they were uh uh uh, 60 defensive success rate the browns were against the ravens while they were previously like 75 80 against the teams they were playing previously this game was the first game where somebody got on the browns defense and the browns defense has generally like circled the wagons and played well they've obviously like had other tough offenses that they play they faced but this was the first team that got them and and when that's a divisional opponent and it's a quarterback that you're used to seeing in lamar jackson and when you were feeling like you were the best thing since sliced bread and you get embarrassed a little bit, you remember that. You absolutely do. They got embarrassed at home as well. So you uh, uh, that sticks with you. And now the Ravens are leading this division, and the Browns the entire time have been staying afloat, staying above 500 on the back of their defense. I think we're going to see a really, really, really emphatic Browns defensive performance in this game. I think they're going to come out with a ton of juice, with a ton of aggressiveness, and, and try to kind of correct the ills of week four where where Baltimore got on top of them in that game if you remember Dorian Thompson Robinson was the starter for the Browns Uh, they started the rookie instead of PJ Walker they wanted to kind of see what he had he a lot of turnovers short fields Ravens got ahead game got out of the Browns hands now it's Deshaun which obviously Deshaun's not playing well but if he's not committing the same turnovers that DTR did you can keep this thing a slobber knocker and keep it close I think the Browns want to win a game that way I think you're gonna see the Browns come out with a ton of juice in this rematch against the Ravens it's a huge game for the Browns. I mean, the Browns here uh, have the Ravens, and then they've got the Steelers next week. Like, their season could be defined by what they do in the next two weeks. I mean, there's still a long way to go. It might not be, but I do feel like this is a big stretch for them. Like you said, they've got Watson healthy back on the field. You know, I, in that game, I didn't think, like, uh, I thought the Browns' defense sort of held their own like it, it wasn't perfect I thought I thought that was a Lamar Jackson game to me like that wasn't uh, and I, I think we talked about it at the time like it wasn't a Todd Munkin game to me it was like wow like if, if, if everything's not working that you game plan that you schemed during the week you still have this guy at quarterback that can just create that can make big plays uh and I remember after that game thinking like that was more the quarterback than any of the offseason stuff we talked about I mean the Ravens had 16 first downs uh 296 yards in that game now to your point like comparatively what the Browns are doing to a lot of other teams you know that's not bad you, you don't complain about that uh for sure but uh, I didn't think you know necessarily they got lit up there but uh this is going to be different i mean i i think now like in many cases the the Ravens defense is probably better than the Browns defense uh, at this point in time. Now, maybe some of that will get decided this week. They might be the top two defenses uh, in the NFL. And so I think the other side of the ball 
is equally as interesting to me. I mean, when you look at what the Ravens have done to very well-schemed, well-thought-out offenses at home in the Seahawks and the Lions over the last month of the season, where those teams are just basically out of the game in the middle of the second quarter, and now you look at this Browns offense that... Uh, you know, it's okay. Maybe they showed some signs of life last week against the Cardinals. They certainly haven't had any sustained stretches of offensive efficiency. Like, are the Browns going to be able to avoid mistakes on offense uh, and be able to move the football enough to stay in this game? Uh, not only Deshaun Watson, I think it's a big game for Deshaun Watson. Like, if if you, you know, you make that Deshaun Watson trade, um, now we, we've debated that at length, but if you're the Browns, you make that trade for a game like this, like, Elite defense, big division game on the road. By the way, they lost Jedrick Wills, their starting left tackle, last week. Dewan Jones, their starting right tackle as of this recording, has not practiced this week. You're talking about potentially two backup tackles going to Baltimore against that defense with which Deshaun Dewan Watson. was only starting because Jack Conklin was out, right? And exactly, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I, like, it is absolutely true. Deshaun's got to play with with backup tackles in. Like, oh, that's 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 a big deal. It absolutely is. Let's not forget that the Browns lost to the Seattle Seahawks when the Seattle Seahawks were playing Jason Peters at left tackle, right? This is good yeah. quarterbacks get around this sort of an issue. And that's why, like, Deshaun, you paid him the money. He's got to be good in this game, independent of the offensive line problems. This is what good quarterbacks do, is they work around, they color in the gaps. Yeah, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna touch on there. There's certain aspects of this game. Maybe you could tell from my tone there that I like uh that I'll get to later when we make some some props, um, some picks here. Are, are do you have anything uh later in the show on this game? Are you leaning one side or, or the other with a pick here? I I sorry, I have nothing uh in the show. I have Ravens teased down to a pick 'em in in a few different legs this week. I think that again, I think you can see this be low scoring, one score the whole way. I agree with you that like a lot of week four was a like a Lamar game. To me, that was largely in the passing game. In the running game, like they had Gus Edwards getting contacted for the first time, like six yards past the line of scrimmage. I think you're gonna see the Ravens run this football a lot. They've got a nice three headed backfield now. I think it's gonna stay low scoring. I think it's gonna be a slow paced game. And so six and a half I worry about. But I do think Ravens just are going to be able to control this thing trenches-wise, control this thing talent-wise. So teaser-wise, I have the Ravens in a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm leaning Ravens as well. I don't have a third lock of the week. It's one of those weeks where I'm going to pick oh, it yeah? on the fly. And this game is in the mix there. Uh, so I do like the... Ra- I, I know it's low, it scares me with the, as good as the Browns' defense is, that number being six and a half division game. At the same time, this game screams to me like... Ravens are going to get like a defensive touchdown or a turnover in a key spot uh, that, that's really uh, going to help them against that Browns offense. But we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that game later. All right, my headliner. I'm glad you chose that one. We, we didn't discuss beforehand, but I had a different one uh, for my headliner. I've got 49ers at Jaguars. Who knew this would be, you know, such a such a yeah. big game here in week 10. This is a fun one for many different reasons. I mean, one is you look at the 49ers offense against that Jaguars defense. Jaguars defense Maybe the unit that I was most wrong about, you know, you know, you were you were giving me flowers for my uh, Browns defensive ranking on the show Monday, which of course I appreciate. Uh, but don't look at where I had the Jaguars in, in that ranking, uh, Ben. I think I had a twenty set. They were bottom five for me because I looked at it. That defense stunk last year. And they didn't do anything in the offseason. They literally added nothing uh, to the defensive side of that roster. And they kept the same defensive coordinator. So I was looking at it going, what is the path for this defense to be better this season? Well, one thing that I need to remind myself of every summer is that younger players 
can get better. And that's kind of what you're seeing with this Jaguars defense. The Jaguars are third in defensive DVOA right now, which I think like you, you have to double check it 10 times to be like, wait a minute. Uh, is that true? Josh Allen has nine sacks in eight games. Tyson Campbell had a good season uh, last year. He, he's still a high quality corner. They have Andre Cisco. So it's like this blend of those younger players. And then like the, you know, the foyer Aluakons are still out there for uh, yeah. the Jaguars and some of Devin these like Lloyd, veterans man, is, is the name for me where like, yeah, I don't want to have to sign the Devin Lloyd apology form. I'm pretty vocally anti Devin <laughs> Lloyd. I'm getting close to having to sign the Devin Lloyd apology form. He's 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 played better ball, especially in coverage, uh, the the back this season than he did in year one. He's the guy who like Foye Lucan picks up all the tackles. Lloyd is the guy who's more impactful linebacker for me there. Yeah, so the, it, it's sort of a weird blend of players, but they're getting it done now. Are they for real? I think this is a, a big test. I think that yes. Niners offense, you know, has obviously taken some heat. They've scored, I think, 17 points in each of the last three games. I still think they're really freaking good. I mean, you look at it like they're first in DVOA. You look at this 49ers offense compared to previous versions, and this has been a theme for us uh, all season. I mean, it's the best version of the 49ers offense we've seen. They've had a bunch of turnovers. They've had seven turnovers during this three-game losing streak. They're still moving the football. They're still a good offense. So uh, that's interesting to me. And then the other side of the ball... Steve Wilkes is taking some heat in San Francisco. He's doing my this is a this is one of my most fun things of the year. So like is the is the guys the coordinators moving to the field. The Matt Canada move, baby. It worked for him. I've Everybody get your coordinators out of the booth. I've said it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> if your coordinator's in the booth, he's coaching scared. I don't trust it. I don't buy it. Get him on the field. There are obviously exceptions to every rule. Uh, Todd Monken's up in the booth calling great games for the Ravens. But in general, if your coordinator's up in the booth, red flag. Get that man on the field. Fangio's in the booth, right? He's a booth guy, I believe. Uh, he yeah, is now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Which, yeah. worst defense we've seen Fangio put out? No, not worst defense. They're, they've been banged <laughs> up. Get down yeah. on the sideline, man. <laughs> Be with the players. I do. There's nothing I enjoy more than a frustrated coach in a booth, though. Like, when they get that shot, it's the weird angle. I don't even know where the camera is, and the guy's going nuts uh, in the booth. That is very fun to me. But Steve Wilkes is moving from the booth uh, to the field there. They're 15th in defensive DVOA. They're they're having issues stopping the run. They're having uh, coverage busts, uh, communication issues in the back end. That defense has not played well. I would say the Jaguars' offense has underachieved, and I think you and I have been pretty consistent about this like we just want to see more I thought this was going to be a top five offense coming into the season they've had a bunch of turnovers eight turnovers in opponents territory for the Jaguars tied for most in the NFL but even without the turnovers just on like a series to series basis I feel like it's they've kind of lacked uh, a consistency Chase Young's debut so I'm just spitting out like 50 different things there are a lot of fun storylines in this game I can't wait to watch it yeah, so I, I have this game involved in a segment later in the show. Uh, so I won't tip my whole baby. hand here. Uh, but this is, there. there is no bigger heat check, litmus test, what are you really moment than this Niners offense against this Jaguars defense. I Jaguars defense numbers wise, great. Jaguars defense in terms of how I've always felt about the players and how I feel about the scheme. I have some doubts. I have some suspicion. And I agree. I'm not all yeah. there with them either. I'm with yeah. you. And especially uh, uh, with how you've seen teams be successful against Purdy and successful against the Niners in recent stretches where they've been able to dial it up on him a little bit more. Purdy's one of the most blitzed quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and this is a defense that likes to be able to blitz and send pressure. It's what Mike Caldwell is a Todd Bowles disciple. It's kind of you, you formulate this defense on getting to third and long and getting into pressure looks. All right, well, like 
this guy's getting blitzed a lot and has been struggling against it in recent weeks. You've been good at blitzing. Like this should be a good matchup for you. Why do I feel the way that I do? Why, why do I feel like maybe it's not so much? Niners coming off of a bye as well is a big deal. Uh, and so uh, Jaguars home game against like a true blue blood contender, like win this thing. You'll buy a lot of legitimacy in the eyes of extra point taken. It's just you got to you know, get the hay in the barn there a little bit. I'm not sure they will. They'll be set. They would be seven and two with a win. You know, you're you're right in the mix for a one seed if you win this game. If you're mm-hmm. Jacksonville, the Niners. I feel like the way the NFC is set up, they can kind of lose this game and still be okay in terms of like I think they're going to make the playoffs regardless. But in terms of the NFC West, uh, you obviously would lose a game to the Seattle Seahawks. All right, next up, Monday morning storyline. What do you got? Uh, I think one of the biggest storylines is going to be uh, the Detroit offense getting back to full health. Uh, Detroit's coming off of their bye. They're playing the Chargers this week, a four o'clock game. It's in L.A. Uh, by the way, I, I, I didn't realize this. I was, I was This was brought to my attention during the Lions bye week. Uh, Lions are a two loss team, right? They got, what is it, eight games left, eight games left, nine games left in the season, eight games. Uh, Jared Goff plays not a dome in one of those games. They are. Really? They, wow. they have they, they have they have an away game in Soldier Field, all right? And so that is a game where you potentially look at maybe Lions team total under. Maybe we buy a little fade. But they have uh, the Saints on the road, so they're in the Superdome. They have the Vikings on the road, so they're in whatever that dome is called. And they have the Cowboys on the road, so they're in AT&T Stadium. They're, and then the rest of the games are at home. So cold weather Jared ain't coming out anytime soon. We're going to get one peek at him, and then it's playoff time. I am so ready to get way over-indexed on this Lions offense and then get immediately punished the second they have to play outside in January. Anyway. Uh, well, hold on. There's a chance they there's a chance they wouldn't have to play outside in January. This yep. team could get the one seed. I mean, the Eagles have a t- much tougher schedule than them so the rest we, of the way. If they can yeah. stack wins in those indoor stadiums, like the, the road to the Super Bowl... Could go through Detroit. So we we I was on uh, Bill's show on 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 Thursday uh, yesterday, and we were doing like season long futures and whatever. And Bill brought up Lions best record in the NFL ten to one, and I was like, yeah, I also have looked at that because <laughs> the Lions are very heavily incentivized to just win as many games as they can. And also, Lions haven't been this good in a while. Like you can't tell me Dan Campbell in Week Seventeen is going to be putting Teddy Bridgewater and Craig Reynolds out there. No chance. No chance. They're rested. They are winning football games. So. Oh, this is the far-reaching Lions. What matters for the Lions this week is they're going up against a, a really poor Chargers defense. Uh, a Chargers defense has been better against the run, and 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 we, we had a listener remind us of that, and I appreciate that. But in general, a Chargers defense that can get got uh, by, by these top offenses. They're getting David Montgomery back from injury. They're getting Jonah Jackson back from injury. Left guard, Frank Ragno is coming back from missing a game. They have Graham Glasgow now set at right guard. He wasn't technically the starter, but he is now because Vitae's not healthy. They are... Pretty much 11 for 11 on offensive health at this point. Donovan Peoples-Jones, their trade acquisition, might not play this week. Just he's coming back from injury and he's onboarding onto the team. But in general, full strength unit in the middle of the season, awesome. Really, really nice thing to have. Critically, the absence of David Montgomery, who was playing really good ball for them early in the season, allowed for just a wonderful emergence of Jameer Gibbs, their first round pick at running back, who was a guy that, what, wait, wait, you're shaking your head at me? No, like his last oh, game oh, was in appreciation. incredible. Yeah, I, I was I like, you were oh my god! I was like, he had like no, 200 no, no. scrimmage yards. He looked amazing. Shield. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, as much as I would like, as much as much as I like to argue in favor, you can't argue this uh, one. No, Jameer Gibbs, incredible. Yeah. So Jameer Gibbs, right? They were they were they were struggling to get him the volume and get him the experience to kind of get his sea legs under him early. They always had this like wonderful 
plan for him and whatever. But against the Raiders, yeah, 26 carries, 152 yards and a touchdown. He had uh, uh, another 50 receipt or he had another five receptions. An excellent, excellent day. That now you have to balance that with Montgomery returning. Montgomery is still a, a valuable player and good between the tackles. But now that you've gotten Gibbs confident, you've obviously had Laporta now prove that he's like a very legitimate guy. I think we're going to start to see for the Lions over the next few weeks what this offense actually looks like, it, what it was envisioned to look like when they brought in these rookies and it took a little bit of time to onboard them. And if that offense is good, if that offense really like, all right, they have legit weapons outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, Gibbs is like a game breaker, that, that sort of caliber that's really impactful for the Lions as we start talking about them as like a legitimate playoff team in the NFC. And so this game upcoming against the Chargers, I'm really excited to see this Lions offense off of the bye at full strength, see how they handle that two-headed running back backfield. I'm interested in that. That could be another game I may, be, may or may not be considering for lock of the week. We we shall see. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with with, uh, with everything you said. I mean, I really like this. Li- when people ask me, like, are the, you know, name your contenders. Are the Lions a real contender? I think there's no team that it varies based on where what seed they finish with more so for me yeah. than the Lions. If they're the, if they get that by and home field, then I'm going to say, of course, yes, they can get to the Super Bowl. If you're telling me they have to go to Philly or Dallas or San Francisco or something and win an NFC championship game. I mean, anything mm-hmm. can happen. Uh, that I that I think is going to be a tough task when you just look at you know so, Jared Goff as a different quarterback in those spots. Yeah. I, as someone who's uh lives in Michigan, convincing these Detroit fans to believe in this team is tough, man. Like this is a scarred really? broken fifth. Oh yeah. Like I was I I just had a, a doctor's appointment this morning, doctor's alliance fan. They're like, oh, Eagles are doing good. Yeah, I said, yeah, Lions are going to be, they're, they're settling in, man. It's going to be a good run. He was like, ah, oh, we'll see. I was like, you have two losses. Like, you're going to win the division. It's like, oh, I don't know, these Lions, like, they're, they are a broken people up here. They, they, they aren't going to believe until they see it. Uh, let me ask you this then, Shiel. Next week, you get the, the, the schedule makers let you change the whole schedule. You get to set up whatever games you like. And we bring Philadelphia to Detroit. We play a home game in Detroit. Eagles are visiting in Detroit. What do you make the line? Eagles, I think the Eagles would be favored uh, in that game. I think they would probably uh, two and a half, Eagles two and a half. I think it would be on. I think it would be three or three or less. What do you think it would be? So you said Eagles would be favored. I'm not positive they would be. I think that that, that game think so? probably going to be like yeah. So like I'm, I'm unpredictable. Our favorite site, right, which has a lot of our st- yeah. Schedules. I'm looking look at it at. now too. I think yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. By points favored on a neutral field, <laughs> the Eagles are plus five point three and the Lions are plus four point five. So so long as a court like as long as the Lions home field is worth at least a point, they would have the Lions as favored. I think that probably Eagles are gonna be about two points better than the Lions in, in, in a lot of models. And so if you're given a full three points home field, then the Lions are favored. If not, you're probably making it a pick 'em. But in general, I think right now, given how the teams are power rated and obviously you have injuries in Philadelphia and and, and Dallas Goddard and Kobe Dean, like they're dealing with 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 more banged up stuff than the Lions are. I do think that like Lions hosting a game in Detroit tomorrow, I'd probably make that yeah like Lions minus one. I think I think would be what I would expect it to land on. Now we'll see what happens in January because I think if that game is played tomorrow, it's Lions minus one. If we're in January football, I think the Eagles are more likely to have a little bit more juice because they've just been around, right? That you you trust them a little bit more. Dan Campbell, you don't necessarily know you know how how well that team's going to perform. The Lions are a young team, um, but in general, Lions home field is very very meaningful. And the health stuff is a good point. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of going in somewhat opposite directions. Eagles lose Dallas Goddard. Jalen Hurts is playing injured. And like you said, Lions are getting healthy. All right. Before we move on, it's time for a special part of today's episode, 
presented by State Farm. There's a lot of things that are good together, and one of them might be Ben Solak, Will Levis, and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. My Monday morning storyline this week is we're going to get a chorus of fan bases, reporters saying, how could our team have passed on Will Levis? Because I think Will Levis is going to Tampa, and he's going to play well, and he's going to put up big numbers, and I think he's going to put up big numbers with DeAndre Hopkins. Again, dynamic duo. Those two have looked good uh, so far this season. Levis has looked good so far in these two games. Uh, so far, when he throws to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, eight catches, I think, for 188 yards for DeAndre Hopkins in two games, I believe, with Will Levis. So those two, mm-hmm. Levis is not afraid to air it out. We've seen that. He's going to stand in there. He's going to let it rip. He's big. He's strong. He has a cannon. I mean, I don't know how many guys have a stronger arm than Will Levis hey, in the he NFL. Can the he might, does he have it. the strongest arm in the NFL right now? I, mean, I don't I think, think so. Might. Like I, I, no? I think like, okay. I think like Allen and Mahomes and Herbert like are still guys that are up there. He's but He's right there. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, like I, that that touchdown he had against the Falcons a couple weeks ago where he threw it across his body, Nick Westbrook Aquino, right on that, that, that shot play. I went like through like data to find plays where, okay, the quarterback is on the right numbers and he's throwing it outside of the left numbers, 40 yards down the field. And there's like, six of them in the last three years, right? Like Herbert did it. Zach Wilson did one, right? Aaron Rodgers tried one and underthrew it dramatically and threw a pick. <laughs> CJ Beathard threw one, which was weird. Uh, so like, it, it can kind of be like a bit of like a, a one-off play, but in general, you don't see quarterbacks successfully complete that pass away Levis did. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, it's, it's a small sample. Rookie quarterbacks go through ups and downs, but uh, he can definitely make the high-level throws that you want to see from a young uh, quarterback. Titans announced this week that Levis is going to be their starter the rest of the way. So my Monday morning storyline, you know, is is like uh, Falcons fans, Raiders fans, Patriots fans, maybe Vikings fans, maybe Seahawks fans. There's going to be a lot of talk about how could Will Levis last till the 33rd pick? What's wrong with quarterback evaluation in the NFL why can't we get this right? And then you maybe get the classic Solak, which is my favorite, the little leaks of, well, you know, T-Max really liked Levis, but, you know, he got taken just before they were going to play. It's so weird how that always yeah. happens. That, those leaks always uh, happen there. So uh, like Levis a lot in Tampa this weekend. Yeah. And for people who, who follow Ringer's coverage for the draft process, people folks will know, like I was high on Levis is relative to like media consensus. And I definitely thought it was going to be a first round pick. And a lot of the word on the street, February and March was like, this guy's going to go round one. Like he's going to go early. If I could truth serum the NFL, one of the early things I would ask would be, Hey, like what happened on the Levis fall? Cause like it very much felt like it was like a, someone is worried about his personality. And so maybe I'm worried about his personality now, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally guy on the field, works right like like this i don't think he's a, a revolutionary game-changing quarterback but big boy big arm tough in pocket will play every day of the week and twice on sundays i mean that's just that 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 model has worked and it's worked for a long time uh and so i i i like what i've seen from levis it makes sense to me right he's succeeding the way he succeeded in college it feels sustainable in the sense that he can keep doing it it's a volatile play style but it's still sustainable to keep doing it that way for Panthers fans, man, it's one thing to like watch CJ Stroud who went two and Anthony Richardson who went four and be like, okay, well, those guys are good. Like, you know, they were early picks, whatever we missed. It'd be another thing if Levis is good. It's another thing if, if, if the guy who went 33 can also play. That, then that's, that's real tough. Uh, I like this a lot. I think that uh, the Buccaneers have been a very uh, 
vulnerable pass defense in recent weeks. And and you look at what wide receiver ones have done to this team. Noah Brown, he's not wide receiver one, but he went six for six, 153 yards. Monroe St. Brown, 12 for 124 on 15 targets. Khalil Shakir went six for six, 92 on this team. Stephon Diggs, nine for 70. Like they've just been bleeding to receivers this year. So Levis and, and, and Hopkins. So I, I expect a big week from those two. Yeah, I like that we have a reason to watch the Titans here now. The you know they were kind of stuck in that like eh, yeah you know I don't I don't need to get to this game quite so quickly on a Monday if I missed it on a Sunday. Now I'm like oh this team has some juice. I'm excited uh, to watch them here. So Levis and DeAndre Hopkins in Tampa. Keep an eye on that dynamic duo. You know what else is better together? Home and auto insurance. And with the State Farm Woo! Personal Price Plan, bundling home and auto is just another way to save. It's a pro move when it comes to saving money, letting you call the place so you can choose the coverage that fits your needs at a price you can afford. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back on Extra Point Taken and we will get to our props, long shots, and picks of the week. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 Moneyline bet wins. This week on my locks of the week, I have the Vikings plus three against the Saints. I have the Niners minus three against the Jags and the Lions minus three against the Chargers. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, diving into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash NFL and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame Moneyline wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, we are back on Extra Point. Take it. It's time for the competition portion of the week. Solak. Give us an update. Where are we after nine weeks? Halfway point of the end. Oh, by the way, I was going to ask you. This We're doing this competition into the playoffs, right? Like we're oh, just yeah. rolling it on every yeah. round. Same yeah. deal, right? Because I because I definitely stopped betting in the playoffs, you know, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> we'll, come up, we'll come up with the actual terms, whether we just... I think maybe we just do every game. We have to pick every game uh, in the playoffs wow. rather than just pick three. But we'll figure it out when time... I just wanted to yeah. make sure. You know, I don't want any hijinks. You're leading after, you know, week 18. And you're like, no, you never said this was playoffs. So I just wanted to make sure. All right. Give yep. us the update. All right. It's tied again. 27-27. Uh, we were tied two weeks ago. Then I had a five-point week when Shield had a two-point week. And then this past week, I had a two-point week and Shield had a five-point week. Now, if you're wondering... We tied? How could, how could it be tied? So, like, I mean, the way you painted it last week, I was down by, like, 50. I had no chance. You bounced back. I didn't bounce back at all. My I was struggling. And just in one week, I tied it? Wow. That's interesting. All right. <laughs> 
Do you want to know where righteousness has gone? Where justice has fled to? What dark corner of the earth goodness has left to? Because I, Sheil, I was on Falcons minus three and a half against the Vikings. And I was on Texas minus three against the Bucks. And if football games were 59 minutes and 30 seconds long, I was getting... About 30 seconds. 59 minutes. I was 2-0. and oh. And then the Texans drive down the field, score a game-winning touchdown. They're up by two. And then they go to kick the extra point. But no, wait. Kaimi Fairbairn is hurt. Backup kicker slash running back Dario Ngumbawale is in. He's already hit a field goal in this game. But they don't want to risk a block and a return because it would be worth two points. So they just kneel it on the extra point try and only win by two. I was personally, I was on minus two and a half. Like, like for, for, for my purposes, for the competition, I was on three. So that's a loss. Then Falcons minus three and a half. I thought I was fading Jaron Hall. Lo and behold, Hall goes down in the first quarter. Josh Dobbs comes in. And Josh Dobbs shreds the Falcons' game-winning drive to Brandon Powell to win by three when the Falcons were winning by four and they would have covered. So I had two of just the, mo- the dumbest losses you've ever seen last week. Uh, the Falcons, you deserve to lose. The, the Texans, I would agree with you. That the Falcons, one, that I one did hurt. not deserve to lose at all. I was fading mm-hmm. a rookie. Rookie, I, I have, I have. The rookie this, went down the field on him before he I got have, a concussion. In this competition, I have like faded Bajent on his first career start. I faded like Jaron Hall on his first career start. Bajent had Bajent. They they covered. They 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 had a great performance. They were successful, and then since then they've been dreadful. I I'm missing these rookie quarterback windows. Regardless. Uh, I had under on Travis Kelsey yards that hit. I had the Browns cover against the Cardinals. Fading Clayton Tune that hit. Uh, and then my Zach Moss Jonathan Taylor parlay looked great in the first half. And then then it the Colts really had did. no drives. <laughs> Colts didn't get the ball because it was all pick sixes from Bryce Young. So that one lost for you on the week. Uh, Eagles cover against the Cowboys definitely one you deserve to win. Definitely a high quality bet. Yeah, really honorable win there. I Shield. agree. They were uh, up by 11. Gold Chiefs cover against quarter. the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, not like the Dolphins were also driving to, to tie it up in the fourth Please. quarter. Yeah, game was over at halftime. The teams that you're fading, <laughs> they can't finish the fourth quarter drives. Mine are great on the fourth quarter drives. Uh, and then you have the Panthers on the road. That was a loss. Over 66 and a half receiving yards for Adam Thielen was a loss. But the, uh, the money ball, the Dalton Kincaid bet, which I loved Kincaid had a very good night uh, against the Bengals. 50-plus receiving yards gives you a f- uh, three points on the long shot, five on the week. We are now tied at 27. Uh, if you look uh, against the spread where we're trying to be above 56%, we are not collectively above 49% Ooh. at this time. So while our long shots and our props keep saving us, man, against the spread, we got to get a little bit better over here. We got we to gotta, uh, improve. Yeah. Uh, tied at 27 on the week. This is wild. How are we tied after nine weeks? Tied exactly after nine weeks of the season? We're not just doing this for content. You know, I would kind of, you know, rake the numbers if they were good for content. This is actually what's happening. It's uh, it's wild. So, uh, yeah, here's what we do. We do the prop of the week. That's got to be uh, minus 130 or uh, higher odds. Uh, that's worth one point. Our locks of the week are straight against the spread. Those are each worth one. So that's a yep. total of four. And then the long shot plus 150 or higher odds. That's worth Do you want to know why we're tied? Seven points. Do you want to know why we're tied? I'll tell you why we're tied. Because I was eight sure. and one against the spread over a three-week stretch. And you were making you were on a big, fire. You were making a big deal about it. And I told you not to make a big deal about it. I told you it was bad luck. <laughs> and I'm three and 12 cents. All right? So this is- No, no, no. You didn't sabotage. tell me not to make a big deal. I This is you. I think you tweeted something out. I remember there was a morning of, and you said like, this isn't going to last, but here's what I am. You can't, you did brought this onto yourself. I, I would never do that. Because you were on the pod. Like, you got to talk about this. You got to share this. Why are you not sharing this? And I was like, don't do this to me, Shield. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Reprehensible. Uh, Scurrilous tactics. Shameful. Anything to win. That's how I'm operating with this competition. All right, let's get to it. Prop of the week. Start now. So yeah, this is weird. So like, cause you're, um, you know, you're online. I like your bit where you do keys to the game for yep. like every football game basically played the entire season, uh, and you give your props. It's and every primetime game, yeah. Every primetime game, and you're what five over, I believe, or is that right? Something. I'm like, like that. I'm like barely above five hundred. Again, I was like to start okay. the season, I was like twenty four and eleven, and since then, I'm I'm like seven and thirteen or something. Yeah, but cold stretch. Got- gotcha. Okay, but and and I'm not like a big prop guy. This is like turning me into more of a prop guy. They're where fun. I've had more success on the props, you've had more success uh, on the locks. All right, what do you have for your prop yeah. this week? So we talked about that Titans passing game. Uh, brought up De- uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Brought up the downfield ball from Will Levis. The other thing that the Titans are doing quite a bit. Uh, with Will Levison is throwing a lot of screens. Uh, and you've seen Derrick Henry get more involved in the passing game. I like Derrick Henry to have over 13 and a half receiving yards uh, against the Buccaneers. Like I said, the, the Buccaneers have been a big pass funnel defense. Uh, really, really bad. They're bottom ranked against the pass over the last four weeks. We're still quite good defense against the run. You know the Titans are going to try to involve Derrick Henry. He's one of their foundational pieces. And I think that this is a game where they're going to obviously ran their head into the wall a little bit you have to do that you have to take a look at it but they're also going to try to get him involved in the passing game and because of the threat that henry is as a, a guy in space to get over 13 and a half we really need one good screen we need one good catch and run he breaks a tackle on a corner we're, we're getting home uh in the two games that levis has started uh henry's got four caught four or four targets for 21 yards and then caught three or four targets for 27 yards when you go and you look mm. at those plays it's like you know uh first target minus two yards second target one yard Third target, 26 yards. Like, that's what we're kind of uh, lo- looking at here. Tajay Spears is the third down back for the Titans. It can feel tempting to take him because he's the guy that like, runs more routes. But we're not looking for route volume because those, like, underneath patterns, and Levis doesn't really throw those as much. He throws them out of the line of scrimmage. We're looking for more of that screen game, that designed catch game, which they've used a lot to protect Levis to kind of find cheap yards without asking him to process. Henry over 13 and a half receiving yards against the Bucs. like it quite a bit. All right. I like it, Henry. I, I you, you really dig deep with these 13 and a half receiving yards. I like that because it can be the fourth quarter and the guy can have no targets. You know, just throw one screen, just throw one screen, and then, and then you get it uh, right there. So that's a nice one. Mm-hmm. I've got... George Pickens over. Now I was I, I I was saying to myself, Shield, you, you are not allowed to pick anything related to the Steelers. You should not do that. This is stupid. You haven't had any sort of feel for them all season long. But I couldn't help myself. Uh, again, it was good for content. George Pickens over forty one and a half receiving Squeaky yards. Wheel. Uh, Yes, Pickens was frustrated last week. You know, reporters said he wasn't celebrating the Deontay Johnson uh, touchdown. He unfollowed the Steelers. On Instagram, uh, he had a since-deleted post uh, IG story that said, free me, which I love. Uh, Mike Tomlin was asked about this. A great uh, thing to tweet it- after the trade deadline, too. Like, that it's very clear what you want. <laughs> free me before the deadline? Concerning. Free me after the deadline? He just wants more volume. <laughs> uh, Mike Tomlin called it, but a pebble in my shoe, which is probably how, great you know. Great quote. When I need a Solak a little bit, probably how he uh, describes me to, you know, when he's offline to people uh, in his life. But these shields but a pebble in my shoe. Uh, I do love that quote. That's awesome. Uh, so George Pickens, like Ben said, maybe it's a little squeaky wheel gets the grease here. I think, you know, Tabla knows what he's doing with player relations. So if he feels like let's get him a couple touches early, he's going to get a couple touches early. Maybe more importantly, I think Kenny Pickett knows, hey, I would like a good relationship with George Pickens if I'm going to have like a nice career uh, in Pittsburgh. I'm going to throw the foot 
football his way early on because he is a very good football player. So I think they get him the ball early. Jair Alexander, there the Steelers are playing the Packers, by the way. Jair Alexander did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. They, of course, traded Rasul Douglas uh, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, they're a little undermanned there in the secondary. And Pickens, like if you look at his numbers, you know, he's had like a quiet couple of weeks on the season. He's averaging 65 receiving yards per game. Like he's gone over uh, this 41 and a half number four times this season. So listen, this is bound to go terribly for me. I should not do anything related to the Steelers, but I've got Pickens over 41 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, you're you're a big fan of the squeaky wheel bets. I got I I have to introduce you to with FanDuel. receivers. Yeah, yeah. I have to introduce you to Fanduel's to catch a drive on the first pa- uh, catch a pass on the first drive mm. bet. Very fun one. <laughs> all right, a- a- AJ Brown after he complained in week one. Uh, uh, with Juwan Jennings and Debo went down. It's a very nice market. Very very friendly market. Love it from Fanduel. Keep putting that up. Uh, but yeah, Pickens to to get that early volume to get that intentional volume. I definitely think is a chance. This Packers-Steelers game is a game that I, I have a bet on it for, for for my long shot. I wanted to get oh. even more ambitious with it, and I, I stopped myself for the sake of, of not getting the, the odds too high. But I do think that Packers-Steelers is going to be just disgusting football. I think it's just going to be <laughs> reprehensible. Just just pa- Panthers-Bears with like a little bit more honor, but not too much. Um so hopefully, if it stays close, then you're you're in the you're in the Pickens window the whole time, right? The Steelers are in a position where they're still throwing the football, they're still on script. All Steelers overs though for, are forever terrifying, and the presence of Deontay Johnson does worry me with like any Pickens bet because I think it's very clear who Pickett prefers to throw the ball to. Oh, there's no worse feeling than having something, having a pick on the Steelers, anything related to the Steelers' yeah. offense or the Steelers uh, in general. It's just, yeah, it is not a it's a miserable experience on a Sunday. Speaking afternoon. from experience, yeah. Yeah, from experience. All right, long shot of the week. Here we go. It's the money ball. It got to be plus one fifty or better. This baby's worth three points. You can screw up all the rest of your picks. You hit this, you still have a three point week. That's not bad. What do you have, Benny Souls? Yeah, so uh, two unders this week that I like quite a bit are the under uh, forty and a half points in Saints Vikings and the under in thirty nine and a half points for Packers Steelers. Uh, those are low numbers yeah now (laughs) unders have had very good have been very good to the point this season uh uh, it's generally just been a down year for scoring overall on these particular teams uh we're looking at uh uh saints defense and vikings defense that are are, our top 10 top 12 in most metrics and then we're looking at Derek carr led offense and josh dobbs led offense i think particularly what brian Flores is going to be able to do to Derek carr is going to be a fun thing to see uh this 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 flores defense through four weeks of the season it was cute it was like look at this this is fun they're blitzing a ton and then dropping eight like how cool kitchen sink defense chuck everything at the wall see what sticks we're nine weeks in this might be real man what the frick this is awesome that this is this i don't think it's something that you see consistently work against top quarterbacks right like the vikings faced the chiefs and mahomes had you know for for Mahomes grading on the scale of just mahomes this season he had success against this this uh pass defense but in general this this hassles bad quarterbacks. This 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 stresses them out, and I do think that against Carr, a player who can be flustered on the blitz, you're going to see Flores have a lot of advantages. And then Packers Steelers, we're looking at the Packers who are the worst first quarter offense in the league, and the Steelers who are the fifth worst first quarter offense in the league. I really wanted to get like under first half total, under first quarter total, like no score first quarter, but like I was either doing like 
plus 110 or like plus 300. I couldn't get it up plus 150. So I just took the overall, the, the under at 41 and a half. If you parlay those together, under 42 and a half for uh, Saints Vikings, under 41 and a half for Steelers Packers, then you get plus 167. I think you're going to see an extremely slow scoring game, extremely methodical game early for Packers Steelers. Would not be surprised if we walk into the half at 6 nothing, 6 3, 7 nothing, 7 3. Like, I think it's going to be super, super, super stuck in the mud in the first half. And then both these teams tend to be better in the second half, pick things up. But they're also teams that don't uh, uh, have quick scoring drives in them that often you've seen like you know oh 75 yard catch run calvin austin oh 40 yard catch and run christian watson you've seen that but it's just not consistent for either team i don't think they're gonna be able to get into like a shootout mode second half where they're actually scoring consistently on one another then you're gonna see turnovers you're gonna see sacks you're gonna see punts you're gonna see long drives do not think we're getting a lot of points in this one so 42 and a half for the saints 41 and a half for packers under on both plus 167 now, did you take into account the, I mean, Matt, that was a Matt Canada in the booth world you're describing. Matt That's Canada true. on the sideline, they're going up and down the field on the first possession for a touchdown. Just something to keep in mind yeah. if you're taking so like You, have to, you have to sideline adjust. I forgot to sideline adjust the numbers. That's on me. <laughs> Rerun it in your model and uh, let us know if you want to keep it or not. All right. My long shot of the week is a direct result of we had a little extra time before recording today. Uh, and you're I was just going around. through... I was just going through FanDuel left and right. What if I add this and this? Because I didn't. I like just having what my preference is, is to just have a team I think is going to win big, do the adjusted line, get it to plus 150, have a player who I think is going to perform well, bump it up a little, the alternate receiving yards or rushing yards or passing yards, bump it up, get it to plus 150. None of those were speaking to me. So instead... We got creative. I don't know if this is like a Ben Solak special or, or not. I usually don't delve into this it. territory. Here's what we're doing. We're doing Ravens money line. This is a three-legger, okay? First yeah. line, first leg is Ravens money line. Just have to beat the Browns. They're minus six and a half. I like the Ravens in that game. They're at home. I don't think we have a juggernaut in the NFL this year. If we do, it might be the Ravens based on um, the way they blow out some of these teams. That's one. Then we're sticking with that game, and we're taking Deshaun Watson under 193.5 passing yards. It's a low number. I was like, oh, that's a low number, Shield. Do you want to take that? If he has one long pass, you might be screwed there. I just believe in this Ravens defense. I don't believe in this Browns yeah. offense. They've got injuries, uh, again, at offensive, both offensive tackle spots. I feel like they're going to be able to fluster Deshaun Watson quite a bit in this game. Maybe he makes some plays with his legs. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a big passing game. Now, again, if he has one, you know, one or two out of structure plays for 30 yards, then I'm probably going to lose this uh, lose this one. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the risk. So I had those two, and I think it was like plus 138 or something. I'm like, all right, I need to add just a little little taste to something here. And I went to Cowboys Giants. <laughs> yes! Right, how, how, how low can I keep this line and just bump it over 150? Cowboys alternate spread versus the Giants minus two and a half gets me to plus 150. Let's go. So, so they're 16 and a half, or are they up to 17 now? 17 and a half. 17 and a half, now. yep. So, so that, listen, I'm taking it all the way down to minus two and a half. So three legs, Ravens money line over the Browns. Deshaun Watson under 193 and a half, which is the passing yards, which is the part uh, I'm most nervous about here. And then Cowboys alternate spread minus two and a half against the Giants. That gets me two plus one. 51. Again, this is a direct result of me having a little extra time just poking around, adding stuff to that great FanDuel calculator and seeing what I could come up with. So there you go. How am I, I going to uh, lose this? 
I did look the, at the Watson thing. I did look at Cowboys alternate lines to try to find just a straight plus 150 <laughs> on like Cowboys minus 21 and a half. Uh, I have a, I have my nonsense predictions about this game. The uh, Watson I'm worried about because of garbage time, right? Like that's, that's, that's your main concern. It's just like volume wise. They're going to be throwing the ball. I think quite a bit in this game. Uh, Ravens are are not as good at sitting on the ball as they should be, and so they 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 give up a lot of second half drives. That's what I'm worried about. Ravens Browns, like I said, like I have Ravens money line a lot of teasers. I like I like you there, and then yeah, Cowboys minus two and a half. If you lose that, you weren't meant to win it. I don't know that that, that, Tom <laughs> that would be the funniest outcome yeah. if I get that would the be. first two. It's the four o'clock game one. too, so you'd be like, all right, that's gonna yeah. hit. I can forget about it. Nice, and then all of a sudden it turns out you're sweating it late. <laughs> all right, so there you go. That is my long shot of the week. All right. Nonsense prediction. This one. Now this one's not part of the contest, but I will say, you know, little, uh, our wonderful colleague, Lindsay Jones messaged me and she's like, you should get credit for your nonsense prediction, which last week I said, there's going to be some IG video coming out of the Raiders locker room yep. afterwards. And that, that was like the most fun part of week nine is all the, the victory cigars in the Raiders locker room. So you don't get credit for those, but you know what? Which, I'm going to toot my own horn for that one. Devonte Adams had a great quote where people were asking him like, you guys are smoking victory cigars after like a win against the Giants. Like what's going on? And he was like, if you guys don't know why we weren't, if why we were sell, smoking victory cigars after like what happened this week, then you guys just don't understand the team. You don't understand like football. Like you, just, you guys just like don't get it. Like you guys have like Ooh, it, I didn't it, see it's that just, right. Which Shield predicted this beforehand, so Shield gets it. Like that's that <laughs> that's an emphatic stamp of getting it, understanding the team, understanding the dynamics to know beforehand that it's coming. Well done. Uh, you know what? I do my uh, like every couple of years. I do my rules for hiring an NFL coach. One of them should it definitely needs to be like. If you fire this candidate, will the you know will the players be smoking victory cigars in celebration? Because they're, they're so happy. Yeah, yeah you don't I want have, that. And if you're an NFL yeah. coaching candidate, like think about that when you're relating to players, be like, how happy are these players going to be if I get fired? You don't. That's not the relationship you want. You want them right. to be kind of sad or at least like neutral that you get fired. Yep. Um, My nonsense was we were going to get a, a Germany named play in Chiefs Dolphins. Yes, and we had the people were into that. Into the lateral, and some very intrepid listeners tried to get the the Frankfurt fumble ruski going, but nobody picked it up. It's, it, we, I appreciate the effort; that was very kind. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people did. Uh, people did enjoy that. People also did point out that there was a Germany game uh, the previous year, which so, blew listen, my mind. These listeners I, are incredible. I was I mean, doing that. I was like, "There's us. no yeah. way there was a Germany game." I was <laughs> astonished that there was a Germany game before Chiefs. I had completely erased it from memory. All right, what do you got this week? What's the what's the nonsense prediction? The Giants are going to score, which already sounds like a nonsense prediction in and of itself. Yeah, that's it. On a drive that is entirely Saquon Barkley Wildcat. So, if you remember, in 2022, uh, Daniel Jones went down with an injury against the Chicago Bears, and then Tyrod Taylor went into the game, was concussed, and the Bears had to, or excuse me, the Giants had to finish the game against the Bears in the Wildcat. Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, Barkley was their emergency quarterback. Barkley was running the Wildcat. They are having a good time. Barkley used to do the Wildcat a lot at Penn State. We've also seen the Giants under Dable deploy the Wildcat for, like, short yardage stuff and goal line stuff. It's a very dable thing to do. Like, oh, like we have this cool Wildcat package. The Giants do not want to be starting Tommy DeVito in this game. They are in a horrible place. This is a very sad, depressing yeah. place. They might have move on from Bar- uh, from from DeVito to start Mark Barkley at some point. We'll all pretend that that's better, even though it really isn't. But for the reality that you have now, where you're going up against a Cowboys team, this is a juggernaut of a team. You're in a terrible spot, six to seventeen and a half point line. You're in trouble. What are you going to do? 
you got to do stuff that they don't expect, right? This is prime like fake punt territory, you know, prime double reverse the first time we crossed the 50, you know, Hail Mary throwback to Tommy DeVito nonsense. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a, a Cowboys turnover. Like, oh, snap, fumble, recover, Giants get the ball at the 45, and they walk out and just immediately go wildcat and just try to, okay, surprise them, get a couple positive runs, get inside of the 30. Now we know we can kick a field goal. We're going to have our wildcat drive. So the Giants will run wildcat for at least a full drive, and they will score on that drive. And then everyone will be like, should they keep doing this? And then it won't work the next drive, and it'll be funny. I like it. Uh, yeah, they're they're kind of out of options, so they got to come up with something. We're going to see it, baby. Seven. We're going to see, we're gonna see yeah. Saquon Barkley attempt to pass. I'm thrilled. I like it. All right, now I, I'm debating between two here. Do you want a Falcons-Cardinals one, or do you want a Patriots-Colts one? You, you tell me which one to go with here. Oh, that's disgusting. Is Patriots Colts that they're going to leave Bill Belichick in Germany and fire him <laughs> on the on the Lufthansa airstrip? Not exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're not totally like off base. So all right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's let's go with that. I think there's going to be some type of like uh, either a coach player altercation or like an anonymous quote or two about the Patriots coaching staff from players uh, after the Patriots lose this game to the cold. So if you thought the Patriots hit rock bottom like a month ago, they have not. I mean, I, I don't know how many people are still even paying attention to them, but uh, last week, starting cornerbacks Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson were benched to start the game. Uh, the Athletics' Chad Graff wrote a, an excellent piece uh, about this, um, and Jackson's not making the trip to Germany this week. And by the way, last week, after the game, this is from Chad Graff. After the game, Jones liked to tweet since removed, saying that he should have pled guilty, presumably to the charges he faced for bringing loaded guns to the airport at the outset of this season, implying that the alternative is better than this current situation with the Patriots. I like had to read that passage over three times. Like, wait, what is? Go oh my goodness! So things are going bad there. Mac Jones was frustrated uh, after the last game. They are. They're dogs in this game, right? The Colts are minus one and a half, I believe, Yep. in this game. Yeah, Colts are minus one and a half in this game in Germany uh, against the Patriots. It feels like things are kind of reaching a boiling point there. So, uh, listen, maybe it's somebody coming off the field and yelling at Steve Belichick. Maybe it's just some quotes afterwards that are like, you know, these guys don't know what they're doing. They've lost the locker room, whatever. Uh, but it seems to me like we're reaching that point in the season where those players are like, you know what, this is not a, you know, I, I play football because it's fun and uh, I make money and this is not a fun season. And uh, we're going to let some th things rip here now that our season is over. So there there you go. That's my Patriots Colts prediction. I would like it more if I didn't think the Patriots are going to win this game, which I do. Uh, and so okay. th at that point, then you, you feel better about <laughs> it. The Colts are such a weird team to calibrate to, though. They're, they're both. These are the two toughest teams, I think, in the league to, like, figure out what they're going to do on any given week. So I, my gut says Patriots. I'm nowhere in my head. Uh, I could see. I was going to say, like, oh, like Patriots leaks, like not for a Bill Belichick team. But this team does so many non-Bill Belichick things that this they might as different. well also start yeah. having link, leaks and drama and whatever. Um, I've seen like, you know, like, oh, Belichick's going to get fired midseason. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that like the uh, there no, were suggestions. There were suggestions yeah. this week that like if, if he could, if he didn't beat the Colts, like that was going to be the final straw. And it's like, I don't know. It's the Colts in Germany. Like, I don't think they're going to like, you know, on the flight home, like 11 hours, be like, Bill, let's have a conversation. And then I'll What's sit the in this. Point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, but uh, the uh, the frustrations are like a lot more evident in New England than they usually are. And that's already like a weird sign. All right. 
Let's take one more break. We'll come back. We will finish with our locks of the week. All right, we are back on extra point taken. I've got two locks that I like, and then I just I have a list of like seven games where I'm like, all right, yeah. I guess I got to pick one of these for my third one. Where are you? Do you have three solid ones that you like? Are you debating any? Where, where I, have, are you I have four that I like, and then I got I, I okay. know for sure I'm doing two, and then the last two I got to figure out. Uh, all right, so man, I would love to record this pod later on Friday when we got Friday injury reports. It'd be so handy. Uh, my first pick is, is Niners minus three on the road against the Jags. Uh, we've talked on, on, on this pod where like the Jags are six and two. They won five games in a row. You and I are both invested in the Jags being good. You and I are both big preseason on the Jags. So if we thought this were like a, a really solid, you know, rock steady winning as expected, winning in a sustainable way team, we would be cashing in on those receipts. I think both you and I are kind of still holding them because we're trying to figure out exactly what this team is. I, I They've not looked as consistent on offense as you'd like for them to defensively. It feels like they're punching above their weight. The 49ers provide for them a really good test. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has historically had a really good Niners team post by last year. They were four and four before the buy nine and oh afterward the season previous. They were, I want to say two and three before the buy and then eight and two afterwards. They tend to be really, really strong coming out of the break. Uh, Debo Samuel expected back for this game as well, being a big deal for the 49ers. Trent Williams is a question mark. Uh, no practice on Wednesday, limited practice on Thursday. We'll see, but just the return of Debo. I think it's really important to this team. I also think it's a huge McCaffrey day. Uh, Jaguars tend to be one of the worst defenses against running backs catching the ball. And Christian McCaffrey tends to be, you know, the, the best running back at catching the ball. Uh, so this, I think, is a nice matchup for the Niners offense. I think that even in Jacksonville, on the road, traveling to the East Coast, I like the Niners' ability to cover this at three. So congrats to the Niners for winning by two. Uh, this was a tough one. I picked Jaguars for my column. My gut was telling me, like, I still believe in the Niners and the Niners need this. Um, one more, I generally, Doug Peterson, underdog role. I like him there. I felt like there was probably going to be a lot of public backing, uh, on the Niners because like it, it, it makes sense. They still have a great offense. Uh, and again, they've lost three in a row. Like, are they going to lose four in a row? So, uh, I went with the Jaguars. Uh, I understand your reasoning. I think it's valid. I will say looking at the spreadsheet here, when your locks of the week now overlap with my picks for my weekly column, those are at 61%. This doesn't fall into that category, but list for the listeners, keep that in mind. When we have the overlap, maybe we can actually pick a game right uh, this season. So that's something to keep in mind here. All right, my first one. I'm sticking with the Bills, baby. Bills minus yeah. seven wow. against the Broncos. We talked about them on Monday. Listen, I'm just picking the Bills Is this every Sunday week. Sunday Night Football Monday Night Football? This is Monday Night Football, Monday football I think, okay. right? Yeah, so we'll yeah. be talking about this game um, on Monday. We both said uh, on the Monday show last week, we're not ready to bury the Bills. I thought we got a, gra a great, uh, this was a tweet. I was going to say email. It was actually a tweet, Ben, from Jen DeMarkey because she saw our video. She responded to the video and she said, uh, I think what Solak and others fail to take into account about Bills fans is the absolutely crushing psychological damage this franchise, especially 13 seconds, which hurts worse now, has done to us. We feel the window close with every loss. Everything is out of proportion because of it. Like, I just want to celebrate a Super Bowl with my dad, man. He's, he'll be 67 next year. Uh, you know, I, you know me. I'm not like an emotional guy. Few things touch me. I really don't feel much uh, in life. I thought that was so well said. Like you and it I was. can debate. You know, we, yeah, we have like yeah. a long debate. Oh, you know, EPA and film and success rate. And it's like 
There's a lot of like baggage with that, with that, with a lot of fan bases right. and with fandom in general, but with that Bills fan base, uh, particular in particular, you know, they're five and four. They've already lost more games this year than they did last year. And I, and I kind of feel like her sentiment, like that's not just a fan thing. I kind of feel like that's a Bills, like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Sean McDermott, like they, like 2020, they're one win away from the Super Bowl. 2021, 13 seconds. 2022, DeMar Hamlin in the last month of the season. And now all of a sudden they're five and four and they're looking around and Latavius Murray is calling players only meetings. And they're like, what has happened to our team? Did we just yeah. like blow this, uh, this no, window? I, uh, so uh, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I went to Buffalo for training camps this year. And the piece that I wrote off of that, and the reason I went was just like walk around and be like, how's everybody doing? We okay? Like, is this, there's nothing harder in the NFL. It is so much easier to be 500 than it is to be close, but not quite. Because the NFL is brutal in that way, right? Other other sports, seven game series, right? Uh, uh, long seasons, ton of games. If you don't get it done, it's because you didn't get it done. The NFL is a 17 game regular season and it's one offs, one and done in the playoffs. That's brutal. That's mean. So when you are as good as the Bills have been, which the Bills have been unequivocally the second best offense, I would say probably the second best team over the last three years, but to just never actually like really, really taste the promised land, that wears on a team and it absolutely wears on a fan base especially a jim kelly four straight super bowls fan base like it's just i mean yeah it's tough to be a bills fan i i i absolutely acknowledge that yeah so that was uh so so we'll see i mean uh you were you were you know joking with me on twitter they had the players only meeting generally my feel, feeling on players only meeting is like oh no this thing's about to, to yeah. downward spiral upcoming they have no answers they had the players this is only the Bills meeting last opportunity for a palate cleanse right if you look schedule wise they have broncos and then they have jets which jets aren't even like that much of a palate cleanse the Bills should know they lost them in week one but broncos jets win those games because after that you have Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys in consecutive weeks. Ooh, this is it. You, if you don't write the ship here, you're going into stormy waters. Like it, it, this is the opportunity. I think like Bills might win by ninety in this game just to make everything feel right. It's go. It's going to go one way or the other. I mean, it, it certainly could downward spiral but you know what i believe in the quarterback i believe in the offense um i sort of believe in the infrastructure there There, there's there's some cracks right now but they're not out of it i think the talent is still there i think they're going to turn around you know what i'll go ahead i i think josh allen's gonna have a monster second half of the season and win the mvp how about that I'm going to go on the record uh, with that right here because their yeah. defense is not going to do it. Like he right. is going to have to be the best player in football or close to it for them to turn this thing around. So for this game specifically, Broncos defense has played much better, but I'm not, you know, buying them. Uh, it's home. It's Monday night uh, in Buffalo. The fan base is going to be fired up. Uh, I think they have a convincing win that kind of resets their season uh, on Monday night. Again, that line is minus seven bills by seven. Yeah, no, I, 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 Josh Allen's got the advanced metrics that an MVP quarterback typically has. So it's like, all right, like just keep doing what you're doing. And as long as the team success follows, then you should be in the conversation. It's the team success that you're worried about. But I, I, I don't disagree at all. Yeah. Like in terms of, of, of how they played, Allen's been a top five MVP candidate for me the entire season. He's playing outside of his mind. It's just his, his mistakes are magnified now because the defense can't, came, can't make up for a lot of the errors that they used to make up for him, right? They don't have the same talent. Uh, second game for me. 
Vikings plus three at home against the Saints. If I like the oh, under, we got the same game. We got I the like, same if, game. If, if, if I like the under in a game, and <laughs> I, I'm typically just going to like the dog just by virtue of the math. I especially like an opportunity where I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of chaos opportunity for defensive touchdowns here. I also think that like it, it'd be wrong to say. Oh well, Josh Dobbs was so good when he didn't know anybody. So imagine how good he be, how good he be when he knows everybody. <laughs> That's kind of like an oversimplification. But you have KJ Osborne returning uh, from a concussion, limited practice on Thursday. They're hoping they can get him. You have TJ Hawkinson expected to play. Christian Darrisaw is still a question mark. I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to play. But in general, the offensive reinforcements feel like they could be coming from Minnesota. We've already seen them coach around the fact that they don't have those guys. And Kevin O'Connell, we talked about in the Monday Pod, has done a really, really good job making chicken salad out of what's available to him on the offense. So I like for their, their ability to, to present new things, to get the jump on the Saints, to, to have Dobbs be successful within the offense, even if they aren't back to full health. If I get them with, with some surprising uh, availabilities and get them at, at greater health, then all the better for it. Uh, I like the matchup for them, especially on defense, where I think that they're going to cause a lot of problems for Derek Carr and, and for this, this, uh, this uh, Saints passing attack. And so Vikings plus three, I think, is a fun look this week. That, that was my uh, second pick too. So we're right. now I'm, this is why this is why Luke is so good with the spreadsheet. This has happened three times this season. We're two for three. When Ben and Shield picked the same lock of the week, can we make it three for four with the Vikings plus three? You laid out the case well. To me, this is almost this is like a a buy in on the vibes of the Vikings and fading the Saints, specifically the Saints offense. Um, against that Flores defense, yeah. which is all the way up to tenth in DVOA. So, so the duplicates, uh, I like that. Uh, the duplicates this year, I went and, and found them. We had Jets okay. plus two against the Broncos in Week Five, which <laughs> weird. so long ago. Weird. Why That's did a, we do that? Uh, very that odd. Stupid. <laughs> um, we had the Patriots minus two and a half against the Jets in Week Three, which was I think that was. Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson, plug and chug, baby. We we believed and we were right. And then we lost on Broncos minus three and a half at home against the Commanders, which is when they had like a 20-something point lead in the second half and they tossed it. Do you remember this? Horrible. Yes. Oh my gosh! We wow! We picked some terrible uh, Broncos, Commanders, Jets, Patriots, (laughs) Jets, Broncos, and now Vikings, Saints. Ugh. Gross. There's there's something wrong with us, yeah. Now, listen, maybe we're getting suckered into the Dobbs, Minnesota story, but I don't know. Kevin O'Connell's done a really good job. Flores has done a really good job. Derek Carr, by the way, against the spread, favored by three points or more in his career, 8-25-2. That's from uh, the Action Network. So I generally like to fade Derek Carr uh, as a favorite there. So I'm with you. All right. What do you have now? I've, I've got this list here for my third one. So if you pick one of these, I'm not going to pick it because I don't want to have two that are the same as yours. So you tell me what you've got, and then uh, I'll go with something else. So here are the two that I'm looking at. I'm looking at Lions minus three on the road against the Chargers. Talked about this I previously. I was looking at that bad yeah. boy. I was looking um, at that alternate spread, baby, for yeah. my long shot. And minus six and a half, I think, gets you to plus 150. Yeah. And, and now I'm very curious. We haven't really talked about this game. I'm fascinated by this game i'm thrilled by this game this is texans at Bengals. i'm excited for this matchup a lot i very much lean texans plus six and a half with the absence of t higgins now the texans had about 40 players in the injury report on thursday and it feels like they had like an estimated injury report wednesday and then an actual injury report thursday where like a ton of guys were limited so it feels like they're just resting dudes the read that i get is that nico collins actually did tweak his calf during the week and accordingly like uh, he's not going to play. Damian Pierce also might still be out, but like Laramie Tunsil could play. Derek Stanley could be back. Like there's 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 good talent coming for the Texans. And with no T. Higgins, like I do 
think of this as a game where the Texans are going to be able to get a couple of stops defensively, not a ton. They're going to be behind the whole game, but we know that Stroud throws the football really well. I wouldn't be surprised if they're down by 10 in the fourth quarter, pushing their way back in and they backdoor this. So I like Texans plus six and a half, but I also like it's a rookie quarterback versus Lou. It goes against my, my core beliefs, the dogma of Ben Solak to take uh Texans plus six and a half. So I, I want to take Lions minus three. That's what I want to do, but I'm, I, I'm curious what you think. Well, I've got I, I like the Bengals minus six and a half. So if you yeah, want to have a pickoff and you and you want to do the Texans uh, and I'll do the Bengals, we could do that. Uh, Bengals minus I that's a tough one. I went back and forth for a while. In the end, I'm like maybe you know the the CJ Stroud's coming off that monster performance, like you said. But now going up against Captain Lou on the road, is he ready? Uh, is stop he ready calling for that? him that. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Stop. 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 <laughs> And then, you know, I'm looking at Baker Mayfield went down the field on that defense to, you know, with that big dryer at the end of the game. What's Joe Burrow going to do here? So the number felt a little high to me, but ultimately I settled uh, on the Bengals. So, you know what, looking at it and, and yeah, I had Lions minus three at Chargers as one I was looking at. I had Ravens, but I already have, you know, a pick on them earlier in there. The Titans and the Raiders, I like a little bit. Uh, both. Oh, you like the Raiders? I like the Jets. But I was like, you know, Okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm on not the Jets in that know, game because it's usually the Jets make sense because usually you get the new coach bump and then you want to fade the new coach bump the second week. But I was like, this new coach bump was so exciting for them that maybe it carries over to the yeah. second game. And also, I just watched Zach Wilson play football on uh, Monday. Yeah, night. but I'm thinking about this Jets defense against Ian O'Connell, and it's making me yes, feel a certain that sort of scared way. scared me. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the so Jamar Chase expected to play. There's too much uncertainty in Texans Bengals. I've I, I you brought up Titans Buccaneers. I have Titans in in teasers at plus seven and a half. I have Texans in teasers at plus twelve and a half. I'll take the Lions minus three. I just if I knew okay. more about this injury report, I'd be willing to to go in on the Texans thing. But this is a this is a game where if I if I if I uh, if I take it straight against the spread, I'll probably take it closer to kickoff when we know who's playing and who isn't. Uh, Lions charge. We talked about this a little bit. I think the Lions offense dramatically outclasses the Chargers defense. I think they're they're going to be able to run the ball against this team because of the strength of their offensive line. And, and now Dave Montgomery back. They pretty much run it against everybody. And then in the passing game, I mean, this is the sort of, of varied passing attack with a, with a, a slot receiver threat about Ross St. Brown, a tight end in Sam Laporta, and a, a back in Jameer Gibbs that just causes you matchup headaches. And the Chargers do so much work to try to hide guys, right? Try to hide Kenneth Murray, try to hide Eric Kendricks, who's just like a little bit old. You know, Alohi Gilman, they play him deep when he's got to be in coverage. He's just not the quickest guy. And so they have so many dudes that they try to work around in, in that back seven. And there's just, there's just too much matchup potential uh, with, with what the Lions have. I think you're going to see Jared Goff have a really, really successful day throwing the ball. I looked at like Jared Goff over 273, 300-plus alternates when I was when I was thinking of bets for this. Uh, I think the Lions are going to outpace that offense. And then for the Chargers, uh, uh, I cannot trust this pass protection. I've just seen it too much at this point. The the right side of the line is such an issue for them, where even if like I think, oh, matchup-wise, this Detroit secondary is gettable, I don't think Herbert's going to have time in the pocket. He's taken an ungodly amount of hits this year. I don't trust that offense. I like Lions minus three. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, they're, they're a better coach team. Uh, they're healthier. The matchup is good for them. That Off Chargers the offense, I know— 
I know it was the Jets' uh, defense, but my gosh, that was hard to watch, that Chargers offense uh, earlier this week. And I'm never going to really buy into the Chargers' defense unless they, like, I need a sustained run of success. Like, you're not going up against Zach Wilson. Like, this baby's going to be schemed. I, I looked at those overs, too. I'm on Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporte. I was looking at those uh, when I was doing props of the week um, as well. Didn't settle on any of them, but uh, I agree with you. Lions should be able to move the football. All right, you take the Lions minus three. I'll go ahead and stick with the Bengals. Bengals minus six and a half at home. Uh, right after I say too many injuries in this game for me, she was like, yeah, I'm going for it. That's yeah, a bold I mean, what, what, I, what, what am I going to do? Titans plus one and a half. Am I going to feel better about that on Sunday afternoon when I'm sitting there and, you know, they're in Tampa and the pirate I ship? I don't know. Maybe I will not. Uh, I will take Bengals minus six and a half. I win by a touchdown and I go ahead and I cover that one. All right. Besides, you know, if those guys are injured, I get a little Andre Yoshivas, you know, Ah, tear it up and have three touchdowns in that game. All over. Charlie Jones also healthy. We just got a day for Bengals. If if T doesn't play, and then for whatever reason, Jamar can't play. They expect him to play. Let's say he can't. And Burrow walks out there and just shreds it up. With Tyler Boyd, Charlie Jones, and Andre Osovas. That'll headline the, mon- the Monday. I can see that. Pod. 100%. This True uh, sample. Yeah. Burrow, Burrow, doing a, he, such a good season for Burrow politically in terms of setting expectations. Burrow walked out in week one, was playing like he is playing right now. We'd all be like, Joe Burrow's good. We all knew it. Great. Looking awesome. <laughs> the first few weeks, lower that bar, calf injury, ugly offense, horrible. This last month, Bro, it's the best he's ever looked. He's incredible. It's all just relative measures. He's he's playing great ball. He's fun to watch. It's a great life lesson. You all like lower people's expectations right. of you, and they're, it's easier to outperform those. Don't set the bar well, high. Why do it's people think we're below 50% against the spread right now? The first yeah. half of the season, yeah, Listen. a little lower. And then second half of the season, look at what, how they fit. It's so strong. Whoa. <laughs> Figuring out the league. Incredible. Listen, as I tweeted out, uh, the the uh, uh, color guy for the 76ers during my youth, Steve Mix, used to say, first half's for show, second half's for Dell. There you go. Second half, baby. We're making a comeback on extra point taken. All right, give us the recap for your picks this week. What do you got? Uh, Derek Henry, at least 14 receiving yards against the Buccaneers is my prop of the week. For my long shot of the week, we're taking Saints-Vikings under 42.5. We're taking... Or wait, I have those numbers wrong. Excuse me. We're taking Saints-Vikings. I clicked out of it. Of course I did. Where's my doc? There it is. I can go here. Saints-Vikings under 42.5. Packers-Steelers <laughs> under 41.5. The problem is I have, yeah, I have to take a screenshot of it because I need to make sure it's plus 150 at the time because it changes. So under 42.5 Saints-Vikings, under 41.5 Steelers-Packers. And then my locks of the week, Niners minus three on the road against the Jags. Lions minus three on the road against the Chargers and Vikings plus three at home against the Saints. All right. I've got my prop of the week, the squeaky wheel prop, George Pickens over 41 and a half receiving yards. Any wide receiver who complains, I'm taking the over the following week. Long shot of the week. Let's call this the shield steals a line from the Solak playbook. Long shot of the week. Ravens money line. Deshaun Watson under 193.5 passing yards. Cowboys alternate spread minus two and a half against the Giants. That gets you to plus 151 in long shot territory. Uh, And then the locks of the week. Bills minus seven home against the Broncos. I cannot give up on the Bills. This is the week they get right, right? They had the players only meeting. They're going to be good. Uh, Vikings plus three against the Saints. Solex got that one also. And then I'm sticking with Bengals minus six and a half against the Texans. There you go. Those are the picks of the week. Let's see what the spreadsheet spread. Oh, God, spread oh hello. Leave it in. Leave it in, Cliff. Leave it in. <laughs> 
<laughs> of course, we don't edit here. The spreadsheet <laughs> looks like there's a right. there's a, a psalm that gets read in in, in services often, uh, where I, I the 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 phraseology is like he shall sit. And whenever I was reading it growing up, shall sit is a tough one. He shall sit, he shall sit, he shall sit. It's real challenging. And all of a sudden you get it wrong. And it was, that was a tough one in church. That one never went well. Well, listen, if we both go over seven this week, it won't be a spreadsheet. It'll be what I kind of accidentally uh, said there. But let's hope that that's not the case. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to Eduardo Ocampo putting out these awesome videos. You can find them on all the Ringer NFL social media channels from the show. Uh, additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next up, Nora and Steven on Dual Threat Sunday night, recapping all of the Week 10 games. Be sure to check that out. Solak and I will be back Monday night after Bills Bengals. We'll recap that game and talk about everything else we saw. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great weekend and we will talk to you next week. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.